Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. Welcome to 52 and 52, a podcast where we see one movie a week for every week in the year and do a podcast about it. Today we're going to be talking about The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. Josh and I just saw this about an hour ago. Uh, we saw it on Thursday night. We saw the first screening, a bunch of teen girls in there. So where I wanted to start this was sort of just to preface how we felt about the first three movies, just quickly, just to give you guys a base on where we're at for our analysis of this fourth act. So the first three movies for me, I was pleasantly surprised by the first one. I liked it, although I thought it had some definite plot issues. The second one I really, really liked, and I thought it was a very strong movie. And the third one is a piece of shit that I never want to see ever again in my life. Josh? Yeah, I feel kind of similar to, similar to you. I'm a little more forgiving of the third one, but uh, the first one was very good. I kind of made the mistake of seeing it very soon after I had read the books. I read all three books in about five days right before I saw the first one because I just decided it'd be better to do it that way because books are usually better. But when you read a book right before you see a movie about it, you're going to tend to be a little more picky and see the flaws and see the differences that might not actually be a bad filmmaking choice but just bother you because you just read the book and had a certain picture in your head. But I still thought it was very well done. The second one was my favorite as well, and it was also the best received critically, mainly because it probably had fewer holes, like you said, the first one did, but also just introduced a ton of compelling characters, whereas in the first one, had all these competitors in the Hunger Games that were just caricatures and big, strong, muscular dudes who barely said anything and were just there to kill people and then get killed and not actually be a person. And the second one with the quarter quell just introduced so many compelling characters with uh, Finnick and Mags, played by Lynn Cohen, who I have a great appreciation for after seeing the cameo she just had in Master of None, and also Jenna Malone, who's still in this one and as Joanna, and also just uh, uh, just a, still had Lenny Kravitz in there. I really liked what he did. And then the third one was just terrible because the first half of the third book had nothing happen in it. And you understand why studios do that these days. People are going to see both movies. Why not split them into two? But when nothing happens in the first half of your book and a lot happens in the second half, the first book is the first movie is going to be bad. The second movie is going to be better. And I'd say that's where even if we didn't love the movie we just saw, absolutely, it was definitely better than the previous one. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Do you want to go ahead and just give a quick plot about the fourth one without spoiling anything? For those of you that haven't recently refreshed on everything, the first game, they, the first movie is the first Hunger Games, and uh, at the end of it, Peta and Katniss anger everyone by not killing one another, and they anger the capital, so the capital tries to get revenge on them and has another Hunger Games in the second one where they bring back all the past champions. That one gets blown up because it's been a secret conspiracy the whole time that that was kind of the plan to uh, get back at the capital and... That kind of starts a war, and the third the third movie begins with them at the secret district, District 13, and it just kind of stays the whole time, and that's why the movie's not very good. But a war is kind of going on, and we see a few scenes of that war, and the end, they go and rescue Peta, who had been kidnapped at the end of the second, and uh, he hates Katniss. He's been brainwashed, and we pick up literally right where that third one left, leaves off. We're in the middle of the war. They're trying to unbrainwash Peta because he still hates Katniss, and they're trying to tell Katniss to kind of go away, and she's kind of done her part. She's been a good PR tool for them. And now that something—and that's a big part of the first couple movies is she's a rather reluctant hero. She does step up for her sister, 
but she's also reluctant to take on this greater leadership role that they're wanting her to do against the Capitol. But here she's a little more invested in it because of what they have done to PETA, and she actually wants to do something. They want her on the sidelines. She throws herself back into it, and on a march to kill Snow, Donald Sutherland's uh, character who's kind of the main bad guy head of the capital so that's where the movie picks up she's with the whole team of fighters and they're on their way to the capital to kill him and it's kind of what the whole first movie was setting up but when your whole movie is about setting something else up it's probably not good but here they actually set up some action and that's what this movie is about yeah so i wanted to start talking about the that book I, i haven't seen i haven't read the book i know you have i don't really want to talk about the book what i what i did want to talk about was the the young adult thing so the book is intended to be a young adult a YA book which is basically for like what 13 14 year olds I guess 12 year olds just to to read and everything and I think that's kind of the biggest problem with the the whole series and especially the third and fourth book is they just get so stuck in this love triangle yeah sorry sorry third and fourth movie they just sort of get stuck in this love triangle and it kind of just brings everyone down and and is the worst I think it's the worst part of everyone of Gail Peta and Katniss's character is just that Gail's not even a character that's kind of the problem he's yeah, just there well, to they just, be sad about Katniss yeah, having and and, for and I just really don't like that and and Rachel and I were talking about it earlier our producer and the thing is like Susanna Collins created this really cool world an interesting world that's held back and Rachel said that she didn't she she wished that someone else had wrote it so that they could not suck at exploring it and i don't even know if she sucks at exploring it so much as that it's just it's since it's not a rated r movie and since it's intended for these young teens that they just really can't go too far uh, i'll say this though relative to to twilight or or john green book adaptations it's definitely not as corny or as over the top as those I never saw Twilight. Uh, me either, but I mean, <laughs> Team Gale, Team Team Peta thing, just the, the whole, they're trying to capitalize on that, et cetera. Yeah, so I, well, the thing is, that wasn't such a huge part of the first book, and I went into it expecting it to be something like that because I kept hearing about the Liam Hensworth and Josh Hutcherson, and I thought that was going to be a big thing. It was going to be a big romance, and you kind of get the feeling Peta might, or Gale might like Katniss, and that's about all because it's all a fake romance. And I enjoyed it, and I didn't think it got too sappy. They had to; it was really in service of the plot in the first movie that she had to fake a romance with Peta, and there was a specific purpose for that. And it wasn't like they were trying to hit you over the head with romantic stuff. They were trying to hit the audience within the movie over the head with that stuff for a logical reason. And but then I don't know if she, in response to the first book she decided to play up that stuff because she thought it would be a good thing because. Obviously, the movie's only going off of what Suzanne Collins wrote, but it does start to become something where they don't totally dwell on in a way that dominates the movie, but they keep going back to it when you would wish they would be focusing on other stuff. And that's where I kind of agree with you and think maybe a bit of a missed opportunity because in the second, while we like the second movie, it maybe becomes a little bit more of it there, and then especially kind of really takes over in the third film. And um, there, that's a lot of that going on in this movie is her, even though Peta is brainwashed to hate her, she clearly has feelings for him and there's multiple cutaways to Gale where the whole entire theater cracks up and I'm wondering while we're doing that and I genuinely laughed at it but I don't know if they wanted me to genuinely laugh at it. How did you think they 
handled that, we agree that, yes, there's a lot of other things that could be focusing on, but how self-aware do you think the movie was with regards to they wanted us to laugh at that or they wanted us to be seriously invested in this love triangle? Yeah, so I'm I'm not really sure. I don't think that it's supposed to be like so poorly done that it's unintentional comedy kind of thing. And for the most part, like we said, it's not corny. But yeah, it's not corny. It was just it had this aspect. It's just unnecessary to have a scene that's trying to be emotional, whether it successfully does that or not, and then immediately cut to Gail's face for three seconds, or cut to Peta's face for three seconds, or cut to Katniss's face for three seconds. It's just like unnecessary, and we don't we don't need to see that as an audience should respect the audience and understand that they know what's going on when when these characters are talking like that. And as far as the self-aware thing goes, I think for the most part, especially in this movie, they were very self-aware. There's a scene where Joanna and Katniss are talking in a hospital, and Joanna just has like a three-minute sort of monologue where she's sort of um, just talking shit about Katniss and to her face, but sort of jokingly, but not really. And, and I think it brings up a lot of critic questions that they've had about the movie or criticisms really and they sort of address it there and know that they sort of messed up in the past and I don't really think they make too many too many mistakes in this movie there's definitely some stuff that wasn't very good that I forgave up until the end but overall uh, I guess we'll, we'll transition to whether or not we liked it I actually liked this movie a good amount more than I thought I was going to um, the action was pretty good, especially considering some of the action movies we've seen this year and how corny and, and, and just poorly done it could be. I, I think this was pretty well done for the most part. And up until the end, I, I, I really liked it for the most part. I don't know if I liked it more than the first one, probably just about on par as the first one. But what, what did you think? Yeah, because I have read the books and I knew a lot of the plot points, I knew who I knew a lot of the deaths that were going to happen before they happened. I was expecting to maybe just get a little bored and be a little I don't know if tuned out the right word, but maybe just not as engaged because I knew most of what was coming, but the way they shot some of the action scenes in there was very impressive and kept me in suspense despite the fact that I kind of knew where a lot of it was heading. It was still very, very well done and executed. And aside from that love triangle stuff, it didn't get overly corny. I think a lot of a lot of things, even in, a lot of things in this genre, can head that way. And while they might have some of the shortfalls of, or they might be, they, they, they're limited by the young adult stuff. But they don't fall prey to a lot of the aspects of that stuff that can become eye rolling. Yeah. Instances. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the plot towards the end, especially, was a little bit predictable. And yeah, you were you were kind of reciting what was going to happen to me. <laughs> I do that too I, much. I didn't want to confirm anything, but you, yeah, you were more on the nose than I'm sure they would like people to be that haven't read the books. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because they're just expecting younger people to watch it, and I'm 24 and watching it, but it, it wasn't too bad. There was just some stuff that is just you just know is going to happen, and and it's like okay, but it wasn't it wasn't anything corny like you said or or, or too over the top. What did you think of the performances? Because I just looking, I didn't read too many reviews afterward and or beforehand, but the ones that were a little more critical said they thought that Jennifer Lawrence looked bored, and I think that's more the character. I think she's never one. She really doesn't wear her emotions on her sleeve that often unless she's concerned about Peta, and that's, that's kind of how it is in the book. She's just she's a reluctant hero for a lot of it. They're shoving her into it, so she's not going to be quite exuberant or emotional. She's going to go through the motions to a certain extent. I think that's the character by design. And while it might not, the role might not give her the opportunities to show off that some of her other movies have, 
I thought that she wasn't any better or worse than she was in previous films, and, I mean, she was fine. She does what they ask of her in that character. Yeah, I think she was, outside of the third movie, she's been pretty pretty good, pretty well cast. Like you said, it's the character supposed to be sort of dark and, and nonchalant almost about things and sort of... It actually, you know what? While I was sitting there, it reminded me a lot of Emily Blunt and Sicario and just sort of what someone has to go through especially in terms of this movie, just so much like savagery and, and like what it takes to win or what it means to win and, and what everyone around you has to go through and how you have to handle that as a person. And also that the events are out of her hands for the most exactly. part. Exactly. Not even just the overall events and what's happening to her, but what's happening, what, what, she, what she and the people that she is supposedly working with are going through is out of her hands because it's definitely a part of the second movie because – a lot of the stuff that was going on was she was she and Peter are left in the dark on. But then here, there's obviously a lot going on behind the scenes that she's not privy to also, which is an interesting parallel to Emily Blunt Sicario. But Sicario isn't limited by its rating, and thus she can react to far more horrific things that are going on that she can't control. And here, she, uh, Katniss has a couple instances where pretty bad things happen, and she has to react to them. So... There are some parallels there. It's just a bit more intense than Sicario because there are a few movies that are more intense than Sicario. Yeah, yeah. But she was good. It's just the way the character is written. Mm-hmm. I really don't like Peta. I really don't like his character very much. I don't know if it's the writing. I actually think he's written worse than Gale. I think personally. it's the story. I, yeah. I get – you have a person that's supposed to be a key character, and you spend one movie having him imprisoned and brainwashed, and the whole second half of that – or the second half of that book in the fourth movie – him trying to get over being brainwashed and still not really being a real person. So you cast this guy who I mean, was probably much more useful and interesting in the first two movies and then just kind of totally erase him and he becomes a zero for the last two films. And that's the book. They're just adhering to the book with that. I don't know if a different yeah. actor can make yeah, yeah. something like that any more interesting. It's just a weird choice. I think it probably tr- doesn't – I think it's probably better done in a when you're reading it rather than – uh, adapting it to a movie just because these scenes where he just like freaks out and and everything i think it's better served in text than than mm-hmm. visually maybe mm-hmm. what about gail i already said that guy's a zero i, I don't mind i don't mind him he's I, just there to look sad and have a puppy dog face yeah, whenever I mean, she's doing anything the least bit romantic yeah. in his direction it's, yeah he, I, 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 I like I like Liam Hemsworth fine. I, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just that, that's a problem. Inherently, having a love triangle is a bad idea. But then, when you write the characters in it to just be so bleh, I mean, she she she's not exactly the most uh, colorful person either. So, not that you need to have a very uh, engage. You don't need to have a very charming lead to go with her as a character necessarily. But have these guys be more than just handsome faces for her to look at and because we're not really showing a whole lot between her and gail we just know they hunted together for a while and they bonded over their hunting and we don't really know a whole lot else about why they're why they're that close and we've seen a lot of what she had to go through with Peta. it's just and there actually was a lot going on between the two of them in those first two movies it's just that's totally erased and we don't really know anything about gail as a person to begin with so when you're starting from that point with a love triangle it's just not a good mix yeah it's sort of like Gail, Gail's worst trait is how he just feels that Katniss like owes him love, and there's a scene in this movie where him and him and Peter are like broing out talking about Katniss while she's like pretending to sleep, and it doesn't come off misogynistic, but it's just super 
unnecessary and almost disrespectful to like Katniss's character in the movie and she should love me or, I don't know if but she, she loves takes you it that way. it's kind of weird she's yeah. like you don't really get much of a reaction from her cuz she's awake when they're having this conversation about who gets ownership of her essentially yeah and it's it's she that, should have a negative reaction to that yeah i think that's probably the worst scene in in the whole movie but uh, that's i don't know why that's gail's like biggest um motivation it's just so strange i guess he because he took care of her family, and I don't know. I don't really like that, but he's fine in, in what he's given to do for the most part. Yeah, do we do we want to talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman? Or, uh, yeah, I think we can talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman. I didn't know if that would be Hoffman. something better used for the spoiler section, but um, no. and how, how, how he got used, because uh, he unfortunately passed away in the, in the middle of production of these two movies. And yeah. They said at the time of his death he had two key scenes left to film, and I thought it was like... I thought maybe they'd find a good way to work around it, kind of how uh, Furious 7 really, it was very seamless the way they worked around Paul Walker's death, and I didn't think they did as good of a job with that here. You didn't? I don't. I mean, there's one scene where I, I whispered to you that he should have been in that scene, or it would have been in that scene otherwise. Okay, yeah, the, the first one was fine. You could tell he should have been there, but there's a scene... I don't even know if I know what the second one was. The second one's where... Uh, Woody Harrelson has to read a letter to Oh, Pat. sure, sure, yeah, that and was like pretty lame. He's not here to deliver this line of dialogue, so we'll have yeah. another character walk yeah, in and it read a been, letter It would have been much much better done if if he was saying it with his charisma and everything. Or even if they just not said it was him, because at that point I'm thinking about, wow, the best they could do is have someone read a letter from him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, It, it wasn't that problematic, because they... I mean, well, that happened in a part of the movie that you, I don't think you liked very much. I thought... In the grand scheme of things, it didn't it didn't really affect the whole movie for me. It just was no. that scene was it was kind of blatant. Oh, here's one of those two scenes that yeah, be there yeah. For. And so Philip Seymour Hoffman, Elizabeth Banks, and Stanley Tucci. I think the movie would have been better served if there was more of them. Honestly, I just don't think there was enough of them because all three of those characters bring a lot of charisma and excitement and color to this movie to this series. And I'm just not sure that. They were in the movie yeah, enough. She had about five lines, but she was a very she was a much bigger part of the third movie mm-hmm. because she is out of the capital in that one where she's been a citizen and she ends up kind of I don't exactly remember the logistics of how she ends up joining J- District Thirteen, but it's kind of a funny fish out of water thing seeing her do her thing. She's used to the extravagant lifestyle there, and she's yeah. thrown into these essentially prisoners' clothes and has to hang out with the common folk and it's it's pretty funny. It's yeah. not a great movie, but she has a lot more to do in the first half of the third in the of the of the or the or I should just say the third movie. But here I guess there just wasn't a whole lot of use for her and she just wasn't in that part of the book. So the I guess their hands are tied behind her back. But there's nothing stopping them from taking creative license and figuring out a way to get her in there a few more times because it's just such a more vibrant character than Peter Gill. Yeah. And I actually like really like Woody Harrelson in this in this series too. I think he's done a really good job, especially his interactions with Katniss. Mm-hmm. But he also wasn't in it as much as I had hoped either. It was really focused on the younger on the on the three triangle, Peta, Gail, and and Katniss, and then and then the President Snow and Coin, I guess. Yeah. Did did you think that they uh, did it a good enough job of establishing who the his whole crew was that they were running around with um, through most of the movie on their quest to the yeah, capital? Yeah, I, I think it's fine. So you mentioned earlier about the supporting cast that they've done since the second movie, mm-hmm. and I think that they've actually done a really, really good job of it throughout the whole series. 
there's a lot of movies, even like The Martian, that cast so many famous people, but they just don't put them to, to good use, and it's just too many famous people on one screen. And it's something that like holiday rom-com movies do pretty well. They get all these like 20 famous people, and they, they're in for a scene or two, and they're effective in it. And I think that all the supporting characters in here are, are, are pretty well established, and they have an interesting enough backstory that we've learned enough about to care. Like Joanna's only in the movie for two scenes, but I liked what she did, and I understood her motivations for everything. Uh, Finnick, I really like Finnick. I really like what he does. Sam Claflin, he's really good. Uh, I thought the one thing you, uh, you you point out to me that or, I'm sorry, who who did you just say? Boggs, Boggs, uh, Remy Malik from House of Cards. Yeah, you can refer to him as Remy. Uh, he's just such a he, Remy's such a zero of a character though. I just I liked every, him. I liked him. He's zero personally. on House of Cards. And I just oh I just sure. Every yeah, time. I don't. I, House of Cards sucks, but that's yeah, besides the point. I I, I I just laugh when I see him because that, that's such a terrible character on that show. But the the one thing that you pointed out to me that um, Eldon Henson's in there as the as the Avox Bash and, Bros. Yeah, the guy he's half the Bash Brothers on Mighty Ducks he plays Foggy on Netflix's Daredevil and I don't love that character on Daredevil but I like him enough and I didn't recognize him at first because he seems like he's <laughs> he's like really looks at least really muscular and has his hair tied in a bun and a big beard whereas he's like clean cut and seems a little smaller on Daredevil so I didn't I didn't totally recognize him at first but he's playing one of the he's one of the Avoxes and he's in the he's in the first half of the he's in the or he's in the third movie as and I just hadn't seen Daredevil happened after that movie, so I just didn't really recognize him at that point. And the, he, him and his brother are part of the team that is going around with them. And without with he's the Avoxes don't talk. He's just there giving facial expressions and hand gestures, and his brother does a little bit. And they did a better job of just establishing their relationship and why we should care about them than they did with anyone other than Matt Damon and The Martian. So they did a good job with some of that in smaller roles there. And you only have so much time. It's already a two hour and 20 minute movie. So you can't, if you're having a team of like 15 people running around, you can't establish anyone, but there are a few deaths that maybe you're supposed to care about a little more, but it's kind of just, I don't know who that was. So I'm not going to really get too broken up about it. Yeah. 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 But that's necessary. That's just typical for, I guess there is going to be for action any movie that needs a body count. There's going to have to be some people. Yeah. Dying yeah. You don't know. And especially because you know, Katniss isn't going to die at that point. And if she dies, it would be at the end. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that it's normal to just have those people that are there to, to serve as, as folly for that. Before we do spoilers, for those of you that haven't seen it, I would say, I would say go see it. I think it's, it, it ties it ties everything up pretty well. The end, which we're going to talk about in the spoiler section, is freaking terrible. But otherwise, I think that you'd enjoy it, especially if you've enjoyed the other movies. I think that at if this you point, invested you need, in the first three movies, yeah, at this, this point you isn't so bad conclusion. that you would just avoid it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel long. I don't know. I, I, it seemed to me like you maybe thought it felt long. But I had a headache though during the movie, sure. so I was a little, I was a little trying to get out of there. In the first twenty minutes, when I didn't have a headache, this girl kept coughing behind us nonstop, <laughs> and it just pissed me off. So I was angry, and then I, got, and then right after she stopped coughing, I got a headache. So it wasn't one of my more fun experiences at a movie theater this year. So it probably felt longer to me than it actually would have if we were in an empty theater. So yeah, okay. So I think that's about for that's about it for non spoilers. So we'll give a little break, and then we're gonna get into the spoilers of the movie for those of you that have seen it. Hi, so we're back. We're going to talk about spoilers for The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. I think where we're going to start is the end. Josh and I talked about it. and So the very end of the movie, the last scene is 
it cuts to Katniss watching Peta. Oh, we're not talking about that? No, I don't mind talking about it. I thought uh, man, that so that was the part that was the worst for oh, you. I, yeah. I thought you were talking about the whole last sequence before then. No. Oh, okay. No. No, that's the worst. Okay. Josh and I don't talk about this before the podcast, so this is his surprise. Okay, so Katniss go ahead. is watching PETA play with their kid. You you're seeing it from behind Katniss, and then they show Katniss's face, and she's holding another kid, and then she's talking to the kid about the Hunger Games indirectly reflecting on her life, and I guess Josh told me this was in the book. Yeah, it's the last. But in the it book. is kids. fucking stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. I forgive every mistake they made throughout the rest of the fourth movie, but this is it. I'll still say that I like the movie, but this ending, 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 ending is terrible. So you didn't like that they had kids or just the dialogue that accompanied it being on the nose? Well, a- any of it. Why did I need to see any of that? Why was the scene prior not enough? Why did I care? I don't care. that. I just don't care about that. It's annoying. It's so yeah, but, stupid. But does it really ruin that much for you? I said I still like the you movie. Like I just the think it's the just... end is dumb. Yeah, I, I get it's unnecessary, but it just doesn't. I don't. I didn't actively get mad at it, but I guess I was expecting it, so I just. I was yeah, not. Yeah. I don't know what I would have thought if I just. What uh, did you think when you read it? I just thought, well, of course they're gonna want to say how the. I, I I just assumed like with that any book, even with like Harry Potter, they do a flash forward to what what's what's going on with them twenty years later. That's just that's just how it goes with a lot of sometimes with, I guess not everything has like a nice epilogue, but I. When I read the book, it, well, it didn't shock me. It didn't, but seeing it depicted on on camera, it definitely felt a little more tacked on than it did in the book. I'd say. Yeah, it definitely felt tacked on, and uh, I don't know. I really didn't like that. Okay, I really so didn't like that. Well, just, I guess we can just work backwards then. So, how about the final sequence where they've kind of gotten through their time working their way through the capital, and then they then they get there and they're going to try and raid the raid the capitol building or the president's house or whatever the, whatever it's called the mansion Don- yeah. the mansion where donald sutherland's hanging out and bombs drop and then uh i guess prim dies that's the that's the big thing katniss's sister and then we are kind of left a little bit in the, in the dark because we're like why would the bad guys want to kill them and then uh, was that a surprise to you when it comes back that hey, it actually might not have been Snow that did this? It could have been Coin, who's kind of taken over the rebel forces. Was that a twist that you saw coming? And how do you think that was handled? Well, I knew at some point it was going to happen because of the earlier scene with B. What's his name? B. B. T. Yeah, B. D. So B. D. and and Gail are talking about this like special bomb trick where you do like a mini bomb and then people go to rush and help the survivors and then you do another big bomb to kill extra people. So I kind of knew that was coming. I actually assumed that it was the rebels just to start. Oh, okay. I was a little confused about it, but I that's just sort of where I thought it was. I think you're supposed to be though. Yeah, yeah. Um you know how I am though. I I like to think ahead and all this stuff and and sort of go through it more than the average viewer probably. I think that it it made sense and and I think the the monologue from Snow after was actually pretty well done too. That was about a good it. scene with him and yeah, Thomas. that was that. I, that might have been his best scene in in all the series. Honestly, I, I haven't watched the movies recently, so I couldn't say that for sure. But I really liked how that went. 
I didn't. But then you you seemed to kind of just predict the rest of the movie after that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they just handed it to us on a platter what was going to happen, but it's fine. I enjoyed watching it though. I was very happy she shot Coin. I actually thought she was going to give Snow the pill to just go out um, nicely, I suppose. But I'm glad she did. Was she going to kill herself? That's what she was going to do, right? I guess she thought that maybe. She the, thought that the people were going to be mad at her. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. She would rather that do that sense. than go to prison. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't blame her for that, but I thought it was cool. Me and our other friend, Sky, we were both super pumped about it when it happened because we knew she wasn't going to shoot Snow, but it would either way, it was it would have been enjoyable and someone would have got with it what was coming to them. So I, I didn't have a problem with that. So it was really just that last scene. Yeah, the last scene was terrible. Actually, during the movie, I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get this... We got this whole buildup during the during the middle act of the movie. There's so much tension, and we're gonna take on the capital and everything. And we sort of get it's actually interesting because we get Katniss's perspective of everything, because she doesn't t- partake in the battle and she doesn't partake in the capturing of Snow. And it's actually I'm glad that it happened that way. I was a little disappointed at first that we got all this dramatic stuff and then just sort of a letdown of of a big dramatic sequence to to like the climax basically. That's kind of how it happens in the book too. It's just very. It yeah. does feel like, wow, that was surprisingly easy. You think there's going to yeah. be some massive battle scene where they have to fight yeah. their way through everything, and then she wakes up in the bomb and said, oh, they surrender pretty easily. I actually oh. give them a lot of credit for that because if they, I think if they show you everything, then the, then what they want to be the dramatic stuff doesn't work because I was actually surprised to see Snow. I assumed they would have killed him, actually. I mean, that's kind of stupid of me to think now, looking back. They wouldn't do that off screen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. Well, like the whole thing with Bane and and Dark Knight Rises, that they kind of killed him off screen, and and so I don't know. It was, uh, I mean, it's always sad, like kids dying and everything. But I was, I was pretty happy. <laughs> kind of sad, kids dying. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a movie. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, it it was. I, I think it was pretty well done, actually. So I'm glad they didn't just go over the top with this whole fight scene and everything because the last. 10, 15 minutes would have been a lot worse. What did you think of the other deaths while we're in the spoiler section? Did yeah. You, did you, were you expecting someone as going into a movie like this where you do know a lot of the characters pretty well from the last couple of movies? Or are you totally shocked when someone like Finnick dies or someone like Prim dies? Or, I, I, or I, do you I think everyone's going to make it out of this one? We're just going to have the, the nameless people be dead. Yeah, well, I didn't see the Prim thing coming because I didn't really understand why she was there in the first place. It's like that in the book, too. She's just, oh, she's on the medical team that comes and helps out? Oh. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't really understand. But so Boggs died. Um, Remy. Remy he, he's Remy, okay. Yeah. Actually, there's one thing I have to say his death and President Coyne's death were just so terribly active. <laughs> He just, like, he doesn't even close his eyes. He gets his legs blown off, and then apparently he's just dead. There's no blood. There's no nothing. He's just dead. And it was so, he's a Katniss. You're the leader now. And then he's dead. Take the hollow. Take the hollow point. Thing. Whatever the thing is, the and thing that has a map. Yeah, it was hilarious. And then when, when she shot Coin, and she just, like, fell, like, down. And it was, I don't know, it was funny. I, it's just think, little things that, like, like that. But. That guy gets blown up and has no legs, but he's still able to deliver a whole monologue. Yeah, and then Coin gets shot through and the And she heart. gets shot, like, kind of somewhere in the chest, and she is completely dead. Yeah, no, it was all, I, it was, it was fine. Um, I, I, I figured that one of the two dudes was going to, sacrifice themselves for Katniss and oh, I figured okay. if it was if it was Hutcherson then or sorry if it was 
if it was Gail, then she would sort of feel bad but be happy with Peta. And then if it was Peta, she wouldn't get with Gail because she had too too many feelings. Gail for can't Peta. have nice things. Yeah, because Gail Cause Gail's brooding. Yeah, so. I, I wasn't sure. I, I really didn't know. So I was. I really didn't know she was gonna die. I thought she might have sacrificed herself for the people and everything, and then we'd sort of get her sister and her mom grieving rather than her grieving for her sister. It's very dark. It's yeah. It's interesting, especially for a YA book. It is very yeah, dark, and so, there's so much blood and so much death, and that's, that's why I was that's, surprised by well, the first. Movie. I didn't think they needed a rated R rating like you were talking about earlier, because there is a good amount of blood in this. You know, well, I don't mean for this need... movie. I just mean maybe for like the series or. If it just wasn't a YA book, then they would be yeah, able yeah, to be a little... I mean. That's the yeah. one thing they're missing. I don't know if they're missing an R rating. Cause sure. They're able to get away with enough graphic violence in there that as long as you kind of focus on the more interesting stuff, because they do... They leave a lot of this stuff unexplored. It, you could have... Obviously, the earlier movies before the Capitol becomes the, the deserted battleground it mostly is in this movie, you could... Certainly, instead of having a party scene here and there to illustrate how these people are living in their own little own high class with all the people lower than in the district, you can investigate the lives of maybe the people that are somewhere in the middle, people like the Lenny Kravitz character or even Effie, people that – what are their thoughts about something like this? That's a left, part of the world that's left unexplored. You're seeing the very yeah. – you're seeing a very, very superficial surface version of these people, and that's about it. So they, they never dive into that enough, and they probably could also – just dive into some of the themes about just power in general and how yeah you get you they hint at it a little bit because coin is about to take over and it's something that's kind of where where does this end are we just is they're always just going to be someone more evil to step in for the next guy and you get a little bit of that and they obviously come to that conclusion when she proposes another hunger games and that's just a obviously yeah awful so the thing lady that becomes president it's they, julianne moore we should say now so yeah I mean, julianne moore plays coin defending best actress winner at the oscars so yeah pretty stacked supporting cast for yeah that. so the lady who becomes president really didn't know anything about her i had no idea who she was they said her name like she twice was, is she in the first half of this yeah she's in it for like a scene remember yeah. where they're with brianne from game of thrones and they're talking about i mean the first half of this movie oh. I, I, I just looked it up she wasn't mocking jay part one but must not have been for that much no i think it was just her as a district leader just saying just they introduced her as district two leader or whatever it was and and people died because of Katniss, etc. Et and I guess it was the head of the head of District Eight, uh, a black woman. I'm not remembering her name at the moment, but she's shown as someone that has some leadership skills earlier in the movie, and she's the person that there's like the presumptive person that's going to take over once they dispose of Coin. And thought maybe you could have. I, I just thought that was one area that also went unexplored. You you could chuck all the YA stuff. Uh, develop her a little more, and maybe this is another area where they were limited by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end, it's we're kind of it, it's implied when he writes that letter, which we hinted at in the non-spoiler section, that he just knew something was wrong with her. But you see him and her in an earlier scene just talking about how they're going to use Katniss, and he seems somewhat complicit in the things that she wants to do. And then at the end, he's like, "Yeah, I knew she was bad news all along." maybe there was something in the script where they were going to put another couple scenes in there, but how does he become skeptical of her? And it's just uh, it's just kind of very thrown in there at the end that he didn't think she was good, and we could have seen a little bit more of what was going on beside, behind the scenes there. How is it so easy for her to ascend to the top if we have other leadership around, including the, the black woman and including Philip Seymour Hoffman, that are rational people? You know, yeah, yeah. Seeing a little more of that power structure and how something like that forms in a seemingly around 
to, at the head of what is seemingly the good guys. How does yeah. that happen? Because that's what they're trying to get rid of. And yeah. Wa- explore that instead of your dumb love triangle. Yeah, for sure. It's not it's not movie breaking, but it's definitely something that. Could I still have enjoyed been. it too. I know I'm complaining. Yeah. But this yeah. Is you never really said how you felt about the movie overall. No, actually. I, I, yeah, well, when I, I, I briefly mentioned it, and that, what made me dislike it overall was because I thought the action was so well done, and the fact that it can keep a book reader like me that engaged with action scenes that I know how, or, or, or how exactly how they're going to be resolved, like, that, it just, that just impressed me so much, and I thought she was good, and I thought the other supporting people that showed up from time to time were very good, and I'm, I'm just generally going to be impressed with any any movie that's either based on a true story or adapted from something that I've previously consumed in some manner. A- any kind of version of that that still keeps me on my toes and keeps me engaged and keeps me in suspense, you're going to get a thumbs up in my book because I think that's a difficult thing to do to a certain extent. Yeah. so Actually, so instead of seeing Katniss and Peeta at the end, I probably would have rather seen... Um just the people, like you said, Effie and everyone kind of adjusting to the real world or the yeah, new what, world. Yeah, what's going to happen to that place Yeah, now? that's that, to me, that was the most interesting part is after they are successful and what it means to win, and that's going back to what I was talking about in Sicario, this actually has a, a palpable, or what do you call Sicario it? Sicario doesn't have a resolution. Well, yeah, this, this actually has a resolution has a resolu- that we don't see. Yeah, a resolution that you can, you can see and it is in effect, but they don't show you, and it's a little bit disappointing. But I suppose the story ends up being more about Katniss and just sort of what what you have to sacrifice and and everything that's necessary in order to win her specific story and 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 overthrow this this terrible tyranny that's been going on. Yeah, well, it's also weird because in the beginning of the third movie, we learned that District thir- Twelve got demolished, dem- right? Yeah. Con- destroyed and i guess her house and peter's house in the victory village they had that was preserved so did yeah they, i guess they rebuilt everything but yeah it was, it was literally little... like in total we see it at the beginning of the third i think everything is just totally totally it's, yeah. it's completely total and gone and all their other friends besides uh Hamish are gone it just seems like it's the three of them living there and nowhere else which is kind of weird that's the decision that susan collins made but I, I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird thing to throw in there. These three people are living in this beat downtown all by themselves, and uh, you I, you can show us that stuff if you're gonna have a coda slash epilogue, whatever you want to call it. There's no reason you can't show that, but also show what happened, which in the capital, which is far more compelling because I guess they killed a lot of the capital kids and some of the citizens with that bombing at the end. But there's supposedly still a good chunk of people that were just hiding out in their in their in their homes throughout that whole movie who are the kind of people that we saw so vividly depicted on a surface level in the first movie, the people that are have all this crazy plastic surgery on their face or just a lot of makeup and are used to an extravagant elitist lifestyle like Mm -hmm. Effie was, how are they going to adjust to living in a world that is now, they're going to be sharing with all the people that they they looked as human trash. Like Snowpiercer. So, yeah, good, good, good parallel right there. And it's just so weird to... We, we have uh, Annie, Phoenix Widow, writing to them, talking yeah. a little bit about what is going on there. Yeah, and I didn't feel any even, of that, though. Yeah, even if you don't want to show that, you could at least explain. They could have – I don't like telling and not showing, but you could have told a little more right there if that's if you just didn't want to take the time yeah. and, budget and have the budget. I'm sure they had a budget to do whatever the hell they wanted, but you could have shown a little more going on over there. Just let us know because that's far more compelling than uh, PETA and Katniss having two kids. Yeah, for sure. 
So I think overall we'd say, we'd recommend the movie. We'd say go see it this weekend. Even I feel like I I, I just want to say I did feel like I bitched a lot these last few minutes. <laughs> so that people might think I left with like a, a negative a negative yeah. feeling about the movie. But the fact is these these if you were bored by the third third one and you just want to see more action, like there is really good action in here. It's just I'm not going to describe in vivid detail the action scenes because you guys are going to just get bored hearing me talk about it because it's not as exciting as going to see it. And if you were someone that only well people that listen to the first half of the podcast i'm not going to describe it in detail for them either because they haven't seen it so i th- all the stuff that impressed me the most is the stuff that it does no good for me to drone on about here but i really did like a lot of that stuff in the movie and thought it was very well executed yeah yeah i mean it's our job to sort of say what we it's it's boring to say i liked it it was good you know it's it's good to have a conversation about problems or things we thought could have could have been better i mean it, i mean it's only us being I think helping out constructive criticism, even not that there will be another movie or anything, but and not that like someone's gonna <laughs> go see this movie just because of us for yeah. the most part. I mean, maybe maybe there are people on the fence that were so soured by the third, but this movie's gonna make bajillion dollars yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was sold out. All, it had, they had all twelve screenings today. in a town that we live in of less than a hundred thousand people, and like half of them were sold out midway through today. So. It's yeah. going to be really interesting to see if it uh, breaks a record yeah. compared to the earlier films. Sure, sure. Yeah, so again, shout out to our future sponsor, MoviePass, for allowing us to go see this movie. Do we do we, uh, have, do we, do we know what the next podcast is going to be after this? Uh, Creed. Creed is going to be out next, yeah. Yeah, and then following Creed, uh, Trumbo, and hopefully Room, like we've been saying for the last three yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Trumbo yeah. gets a wide release uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the Brian Cranston movie. And we'll we keep talking about Room, but who knows? They're probably just trying to avoid a limited release, a wide release that kills their Oscar buzz and does really bad. But we'll go see it then. We'll go see Trumbo and hopefully get a lot more podcasts out for you all before we have to study for exams. Yeah, so if you want to engage with us, um, you can find me on Twitter at aklambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. At Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. And we actually just uh, started an email, 52in52pod at gmail.com. Freaking email squatters. Yeah, 52in52pod at gmail.com. Please send us some comments, criticisms, notes, anything. We really appreciate Questions. it. Questions. We know we're, we're new starting this, so anything you can anything you can do to uh, to help us out would be, Rachel, would be really Rachel good. wants to say something. Rachel? The guys can't lip read very well. I just said if anybody has requests, send those. Yeah, to yeah, we said we've said that before. Any any requests you guys <laughs> want to see? Um, but thank you, Rachel. Sorry, she. I'm sorry. I did not mean to. We both have detailed lists of what we want to see the rest of the year, but we, we can also at some point when in the spring when the movie selection is a little more limited, we can go back and watch some older movies that yeah, we, we, except we horror movies. I don't do horror. Yeah, we movies. don't. We don't do horror. We we'll, we'll, we saw Jim and the Holograms. We will we will <laughs> sink to certain depths that a lot of other movie podcasts might not. But horror is just not Anthony or I's thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys.